Monday, everyone. This is Garrison Hardy with your Cross Politic Daily News Brief for Monday, June 13th, 2022. And I'm here to bring you what you missed over the weekend. So buckle up and let's get to it. Today, we'll start off with the Senate announcing a bipartisan framework for gun control package. This ought to be good. This is from Fox News. A bipartisan group of senators announced a common sense agreement on a gun package that was Sunday. I'm sure it was common sense. Quote, today we are announcing a common sense bipartisan proposal to protect America's children, keep our schools safe, and reduce the threat of violence across our country. Families are scared and it is our duty to come together and get something done that will help restore their sense of safety and security in their communities, the group of senators said in a press release announcement. The senators include Chris Murphy, John Corrin, Tom Tillis, Kristen Cinema, Richard Blumenthal, Roy Blunt, Cory Booker, Richard Burr, Bill Cassidy, Susan Collins, Chris Coons, Lindsey Graham, Martin Henrik, Mark Kelly, Angus King, Joe Manchin, Rob Portman, Mitt Romney, Debbie Stabenow, and Pat Toomey. The statement continues on. Our plan increases needed mental health resources, improves school safety and support for students, and helps ensure dangerous criminals and those who are adjudicated as mentally ill can't purchase weapons. Most importantly, our plan saves lives while also protecting constitutional rights of law-abiding Americans. We look forward to earning broad bipartisan support and passing our common sense proposal into law, the senators continued in their statement. The proposal includes initiatives to support state crisis intervention orders, a national expansion of mental health services for children and families, expanding mental health programs in schools, enhanced review process for gun buyers under the age of 21, penalties for straw purchases, and additional funding for school resource officers because, as we all know, if if the government gets involved, it just gets better. Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell issued a statement in support of the agreement later Sunday saying he was glad Senators Corrin and Murphy are continuing to make headway in their discussions. He added, I continue to hope their discussions yield a bipartisan product that makes significant headway on key issues like mental health, and school safety, respect for the Second Amendment, earns a broad support in the Senate and makes a difference for our country. That was the end of his statement. If you needed another reason to despise public school, get a load of this. New York City shells out $200,000 in taxpayer money to bring drag performers to public schools. This is from Fox News. New York City shelled out more than $200,000 in taxpayer funding in the past five years to have drag queens come into classrooms and interact with school children as young as the age of three. The nonprofit Drag Story Hour NYC, previously known as Drag Queen Story Hour NYC, received approximately $207,000 in taxpayer funding since 2018. The New York Post reported citing city records. The total includes $50,000 contribution from New York State through its Council on the Arts, along with $157,000 earmarked from New York City's Departments of Education, Cultural Affairs, Youth and Community Development, and even from the Department of Transportation, according to the Post. Records show the nonprofit received $46,000 from city contracts for appearances at public schools, street festivals, and libraries in May alone, ahead of Prime Month. 
The events involved cross-dressed drag performers reading to school children at public schools, libraries, and other LGBTQ centers, but has expanded to also include coloring activities. Photos show drag performers also instructing children in classrooms how to apply drag makeup. Lovely. According to a reading list, the nonprofit shared online, performers read a variety of books ranging from the classics like The Very Hungry Caterpillar and The Rainbow Fish, which discuss topics like growth, acceptance, and diversity, to others that more overtly discuss gender identity, such as The Hips on the Drag Queen Go Swish, 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 and The Dragtivity Book. Oh, my goodness. I know I'm preaching to the choir here on Cross Politic when I say get your kids out of public school. Well, here's an alternative option to that kind of Marxist education. Cornerstone Work and Worldview Institute. Did you know that more than 75, 75% of those raised in evangelical Presbyterian and Reformed churches don't pursue any kind of Christian higher education? It's surprising, isn't it? Well, Cornerstone Work and Worldview Institute is seeking to provide a new, exciting, and affordable option for Christians. Their mission is to build kingdom culture in the workplace by equipping their students in a Trinitarian worldview and vocational competencies. Their their low-cost full-time program offers integrative course modules, internships, and mentoring so their students can finish debt-free with vocational preparation, a robust faith, and financial potential to build strong, godly families and homes rooted in their communities and churches long-term. And that is how we start taking dominion, folks. Love it. Visit their website at www.cornerstonework.org. That's www.cornerstonework.org to find out more about enrolling. Now, shifting to news across the globe. Tasty name, but no Big Mac. Russia opens rebranded McDonald's restaurants. As I'm sure you have all heard by now, McDonald's pulled all of their restaurants from Russia in wake of uh, Russia's war with Ukraine. It might look and smell like McDonald's, but now it's Vakuzno and Toka. I'm sure I pronounced that right. The golden arches are gone. The filet fish is simply a fish burger, and the Big Mac has left Russia. A new era for Russia's fast food and economic scene dawned on Sunday as McDonald's restaurants flung open their doors in Moscow under new Russian ownership when with a new name, which translates as Tasty. And that's it. <laughs> that's, how, that's literally what it translates to. Tasty, and that's it. The unveiling of the rebranded outlets more than three decades after the American burger giant first opened its doors in Moscow in a symbolic thaw between East and West is once a stark sign of the New World Order. The reopenings took place on Russia Day, a holiday celebrating national pride. The fortunes of the chain, which McDonald's sold when it exited the country over the conflict in Ukraine, could provide a test of how successfully Russia's economy can become more self-sufficient and withstand Western sanctions. That kind of sounds like capitalism. On Sunday, scores of people queued outside what was formerly McDonald's flagship restaurant in Pushkin Square, central Moscow. The outlet sported a new logo, a a stylized burger with two uh, two fries, plus a slogan reading, The name changes, love stays. The queue was significantly smaller than the thousands of people who thronged to the original McDonald's opening there in 1990 during the Soviet era. The menu is also smaller and did not offer a Big Mac and some other burgers and desserts such as the McFlurry, 
a double cheeseburger was going for a dollar twenty or one hundred and twenty-nine rubles, rather, which is two thirty two dollars and thirty-one cents for those wondering, compared with roughly one hundred and sixty under McDonald's and a fish burger for one hundred and sixty-nine rubles, compared with about one hundred and ninety previously. The composition of burgers has not changed, and the equipment from McDonald's has remained, uh, this according to their quality manager at the new company. McDonald's closed its Russian restaurants in March and said in mid-May that it had decided to leave the country altogether. In a sign of haste, the new owners had to rebrand in time for the launch. Much of the packaging for fries and burgers was plain white, as were drink cups, while takeaway bags were plain brown. The old McDonald's logo on packets of ketchup and other sauces were covered over with makeshift black markings. Sergey, a 15-year-old customer, saw little difference, though. He said, the taste has stayed the same. As he tucked into a chicken burger with fries, the cola is different, but there really is no change to the burger. So there's the news from Russia. We now shift our eyes to Iran and Venezuela as they sign a 20-year agreement. Uh-oh. This is from The Blaze. Venezuela's socialist leader, Nicolas Maduro, and Iran's hardline theocratic president, Ibrahim Razi, recently signed a 20-year cooperation agreement. The, the Associated Press reported that this new agreement came just one day after Maduro praised the Iranian Islamic Republic for sending badly needed fuel to Venezuela despite American sanctions. Ooh, shot at America there. That's good. In an interview with Maduro after he arrived for a two-day visit to Tehran, Iranian state media reported that Maduro heaped praise upon Iran's effort to send fuel tankers in support of his country. Maduro said, Tehran's delivery of oil to uh, Caracas was a great help to the Venezuelan people. Maduro's visit to Iran comes as tensions heighten across the Middle East as negotiations over Iran, Iran's f nuclear deal fell apart and as U.S. sanctions and rising global food prices choke Iran's suffering economy. This was Maduro's first visit to Iran. High-ranking delegation from Venezuela comprised of political and economic officials, also known as tyrants, joined Maduro on his visit to Iran after receiving an invitation from Razi. Venezuelan, like I Venezuela, like Iran, is under heavy sanctions from the U.S., which hinder its economic growth. In a joint press conference on Saturday, Razi and Maduro signed the 20-year agreement that solidified the country's commitment to economic, political, and militaristic cooperation. Maduro reportedly said that Venezuela and Iran are united by, quote, a common vision. The two presidents are aligned on international issues, and both have suffered economic difficulties, which are said to be caused by sanctions from America and its allies. Let's stop and take a moment to talk about our Fight, Laugh, Feast Club membership. By joining the Fight, Laugh, Feast Army, not only will you be aiding in our fight to take down secular and legacy media, but you'll also get access to content placed in our club portal, such as past shows, all of our conference talks, and exclusive content for club members that you won't be able to find anywhere else. Lastly, you'll get discounts to our conference. So, if you've got 10 bucks to spare a month to kick over our way, you can sign up now at flfnetwork.com slash product slash fight, laugh, feast club. Again, that's flfnetwork.com slash product slash fight, laugh, feast club. And thank you for your support. Now, let's wrap this news brief up with the topic that I love. You all know it, sports. 
And it, here's some bad news. Commanders Jack Del Rio, also known as the Washington Redskins, I don't care what anyone says, it's not going to change. The Commanders Jack Del Rio leaves Twitter following his January 6th remarks. Cancel culture at its finest. Washington Commanders defensive coordinator Jack Del Rio's comments about the January 6th Capitol riot and the 2020 George Floyd protests have now cost the coach his social media account. And the longtime NFL coach deactivated his Twitter account following the controversy about his remarks and a $100,000 fine levied by Washington coach Ron Rivera. So, yeah, he also lost $100,000 for speaking, you know, for using his freedom of speech. Del Rio on Wednesday downplayed the January 6, 2021 riots at the Capitol and questioned why the intense protests in the summer following Floyd's death didn't receive the same scrutiny. And it's a fair question. Del Rio called the January 6 riot a dust-up at the Capitol, which is what it was. He, however, attempted to backtrack on his remarks, and you can't do that with cancel culture. You just can't. His statement read, I made comments earlier today in referencing the attack that took place on the United States Capitol on January 6, 2021. Referencing that situation as a dust-up was irresponsible and negligent, and I'm sorry. You shouldn't have done that, Del Rio. Shouldn't have done that. He did, however, add by saying, quote, I stand by my comments condemning violence in the communities across the country. I say that while also expressing my support as an American citizen for peaceful protest in our country. I have fully supported all peaceful protests in America. I love and respect and support all my fellow coaches, players, and staff that I work with and respect their views and opinions. See, I can get behind that. He, he continues to condemn the, uh, the summer of love, as uh, the left likes to call it, the uh, Floyd riots that torched most of America, cities in America at least. Rivera on Friday announced a fine and said that the comments were hurtful to the community. This is the head coach, Ron Rivera. Uh, they were hurtful to the community and didn't reflect the views of the organization. He said, he understands the distinction between the events of that dark day and peaceful protests. What a joke. Which are a hallmark of our democracy, Rivera said. Words have consequences, and his words hurt a lot of people in our community. I want to make it clear that our organization will not tolerate any equivalency between those who demand justice in the wake of George Floyd's murder and the actions of those on January 6th who sought to topple our government. Rivera said Del Rio's fine will be donated to the United States Capitol Police Memorial Fund. There were also calls for Del Rio to resign or to be fired, if you can believe that. Shocking, I know. But his team doesn't appear to feel that way. Commander's defensive lineman Jonathan Allen said he wasn't bothered by Del Rio's opinion. Me, personally, I don't care about his opinion. As long as he shows up every day and he works hard, that's what I want from my defensive coordinator, Allen told NBC Sports Washington. Huh, sounds like something you'd hear from Red Balloon, right? In my opinion, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. Some guys decide to share it on Twitter. Some guys don't. It doesn't make one person better than the other. At the end of the day, you can have a difference of opinion and still respect one another. I feel like that's what our country is about. That's what our team is about. Well said, Alan. Well said. And finally, for those of you who may have missed Game 4 of the NBA Finals between the Boston Celtics and Golden State Warriors, here's a brief recap courtesy of Hall of Fame broadcaster Mike Breen. Curry brings it up. Curry looking for that opening. Sees Thompson. Thompson fires a three. Bang! Play Thompson from downtown. And the Warriors go up by one. 
They've had some good looks, but the threes won't go down as Curry comes the other way. Curry to Green. Back to Curry. Step back. Three-pointer. Bang! Steph Curry drills the three. That's a six-point Warriors lead. Timeout, Boston. Curry against Derek White. Pulls back double team to Draymond Green. Up top, Wiggins. Clay Thompson a three. Draymond Green a big offensive rebound. Curry double. Floats it into Green again. Green to Looney. Looney layup. He banks it home. Golden State even the series on Friday night at two games apiece with a 107-97 win over the Celtics as the scene now shifts back to San Francisco for Game 5. In Game 4, Steph Curry put on a masterful performance as he continues to add to his legacy with 43 points in the win. And you can watch Game 5 tonight, if you so choose, at 9 p.m. Eastern Time on ABC or ESPN2. That's going to do it for this CrossPolitik Daily News Brief. If you like the show, share it far and wide as that really helps us grow and our content spread. If you want to come to our conference in Knoxville, Tennessee, October 6th through the 8th, that's only five months away, folks. You can sign up now at flfnetwork.com slash Knoxville 2022. If you sign up now, you'll get that early bird pricing. And if you're a club member, well, that's $100 off right there. And as always, if you want to become a corporate partner with CrossPolitik in our effort to destroy secular media, let's talk. Email me at garrison at fightlaughfeast.com. For CrossPolitik News, I'm Garrison Hardy. Have a great day, and Lord bless. We'll catch you next time.